Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Welcome to the Loans and Demand Show, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today I'm so excited. I have Jeff Zimpfer on the line here. And man, his he has a laundry list, a massive list of achievements over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And so I'm going to let him introduce himself because I didn't, I didn't know where to go with that. So go ahead, Jeff. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, excited to have you here, man. Certainly, man. Thanks for being here. It's an honor, man. And shout out to you for what you're doing. It takes courage to step out there and, uh, you know, put a stake in the ground and bring a voice to this industry. And I'm always supportive of people who do that. Um, and I can totally relate to where you're at and what you're doing. The reason why I can relate is because uh, I started a podcast as well. Um, this is my sixth year and uh, uh, over 200 plus episodes. And I've been very fortunate and blessed to now have exceeded half a million downloads over that time. And so um, it's a great opportunity to be here, man, and encourage you and support you because I think you're like me. I, I speak loan officer. I have a heart for loan officers. I was a loan officer myself for 10 years, started in 2003, then became a national sales trainer at a top 10 mortgage lender, wrote a book called Disrupt or Die, How to Survive and Thrive the Digital Real Estate Shift. And nowadays I spend a lot of my time you know, talking to loan officers, teaching classes to loan officers, real estate agents, and just helping people kind of navigate this, you know, this shift into this new world we are uh, to become a modern originator. So that's who I am. Man, I love it. I love that. And and as I as I mentioned before, right, there's a laundry list of achievements. Uh, but that being said, uh, I love talking about a little bit about the journey just at the beginning, just just because I mean, especially for loan officers that are starting or anybody that's starting out in business, like the, the first couple of years tends to be not so easy. So tell us a little bit about your journey and you know what it was rocky. Was it smooth? What did that kind of look like uh, to, to, to get to where you are today? Right? Well, you know, I woke up, I think when I was six years old, I decided I wanted to be a loan officer like everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I think so. So, um, all right. Uh, the, the story is this is um, back in 1995-ish, I think it was, um, roughly around there, I was I was living in Maine, and I started getting into personal development and reading books. And of course, this is before YouTube, right? This is now right. aging itself. And I started reading personal development books and all that stuff. And I started I started on uh, Tony Robbins' first book, uh, Unlimited Power, and okay. that was the first book that really had a really big impact on me. And in, in terms of making it of, of providing a, a roadmap and actual confirmation that I could actually change my life because I can change the way I think. And because I could do a lot of different things that I can now take control of my life instead of feeling like I was being controlled by outside external circumstances. So long and short of it is I decided I wanted to work for Tony and I did. Um, wow. I, drove from, I drove from Maine to San Diego um, without, without knowing a soul. I had one person that I was a coworker of mine. We both were like, we just decided we're going to move to San Diego because that was the dream place to be, right? When you're living in Maine. <laughs> hey, that's, that's where uh, I live. Hey, I, I feel you. Where do you live? I'm in San Diego. So oh, uh, okay. well, there you go. came down to my neck of the woods. That's right. I came to La Jolla, you know, 30 nice. plus years ago. And um, yeah, so I, so that's, I got a job working for Tony and I spent the next few years traveling around the country in a pack of, you know, six, seven people at a time and doing, you know, mini workshops and sales presentations for all, every sales industry you could imagine from car wow. sales to, to network marketing. And 
two of the audiences I was in front of a lot was real estate agents and mortgage professionals. And when it was time for me to make a shift and get off the road, um, I remembered those two audiences I was in front of most. And I, I just kind of had an affinity for the industry. Sure. But I decided I was going to be a loan officer instead of a real estate agent. And so that's how I began my origination career. And uh, that's my origin story. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, it's funny that you say that because interestingly enough, the reason why I got into entrepreneurship was, was fairly the same reason, right? I was, I was working for a corporate company. Uh, I just on a whim decided to listen to uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. Like I, I picked up, I bought a, uh, one of those little adapters that you can put into your car so you can listen to like, you know, this is because my car didn't have a, uh, you know, a, a direct integration with my phone or whatever. So I, I get that thing in there, start listening to Entrepreneur on Fire. I was like, oh, there's, a, there's something else out there versus corporate, but it, it came from personal development. And this is coming from someone who used to think that Tony Robbins was a snake oil salesman and it was all crap and like all the woo stuff didn't, you know, didn't work. So right. that was coming from a very skeptical like person to like then transition and see like how much personal development can transform someone's life. And I've over the last couple of years in, in, in starting this business, I've, I've invested upwards of $200,000 in uh, personal development, whether that's coaching, business coaching, mindset coaching, courses, consulting. Can I say that all of it was good? Like, yes, technically, because I learned or I, you know, I either learned or I learned, right? I learned what not to do, or I learned uh, a lot of good things and got the shortcut to success. So I love that that's kind of the origin story, because I think that's really where a lot of us come from, right? I mean, how do you grow a business without mindset? So I love that. So talk Uh, a little bit about kind of that journey. Um, you, You became a sales trainer, you became a loan officer. Talk a little bit about that. What did that sort of look like for you? And then how are you out there serving, you know, loan options, things like that? Because from the sales training standpoint, and we can kind of get into some tactics and things like that in a second for loan officers. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I remember when I became a loan officer, I actually started working at a subprime shop uh, when nice. we were doing it. Yeah, good, good, good training ground. Subprime <laughs> shop, internet leads over the phone and stuff like that. And it was a real grind. It wasn't my style sure. of preference. And I remember uh, I was reading back in the day, there was this magazine called Mortgage Originator Magazine, which later I think became Scotsman's Guide. And um, they used to feature these top producers in there and stuff. You know, we see it all sure. the time now, today. But um I was reading these stories of these top producers of people doing, you know, 50 million, hundred million dollars a year in, in production. And um, I was really, you know, and they were really doing a lot of purchase business. And so that really intrigued me because of course, I, if you, you know, being around Tony or whatever, right. You change your mindset, you start thinking bigger. And right, um, right. I, go to my, I go to my boss at the time and I'm like, look at these, look at these people, man. They're doing like 50 million a year, hundred million a year. And he's just like, those aren't people. Those are brokerages, man. Like that's the whole office revenue, you know? And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, this is one dude who's doing 50 million a year, bro. And I'm like, how do you do that? And he just totally shot it down. Right. And so I made that decision then that, you know what, this path wasn't right for me for that type of business. And so I made a shift to work in, you know, a more traditional, if you will, retail carry a bag. Actually, it was countrywide at that time that I went to in 2000. Okay. Yeah. And um, so that's where. Yeah. Yeah. That was, those are some glory days back then. Right. We didn't see what was coming, but. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But. uh, You would have known. Yeah. And then uh, I remember like my first, when I first started, I was in, my manager basically said, you know, he called me in his office and then he puts the the business cards down on the desk and he's like, all right, man, go get yourself some realtors. You're a loan officer. And I'm like, that's it. Like, where's the training? Yeah. What do you mean training? Go get some realtors. That's all you need. So that was my glorious start. And I know some of your listeners can probably relate to that. Well, I was going to pull on that. I was going to pull on that thread a little bit because 
Yeah. I think that's the standard. The standard in the industry is that, right? Like branch managers tell their new people, go out and talk to realtors. And frankly, like even when I was an, an account executive at the reverse mortgage company, uh, that's what they did to me too. They said, here's a list of every broker and lender in the country that does reverse mortgages. Go, go, go get them. They didn't give us a script, no training, no nothing. It was just like, go figure it out. <laughs> so I get it. So great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, to your, to your question about like, what was it like? It was, it was the first year was hard. It was brutal. Um, I didn't make any money. I think I took a HELOC out on the house because the wife's at home with the first baby and we got bills to pay and a mortgage. And, right. um, you know, so I'm like, how am I going to do this? Cause I planned on not eating for a year and that pretty much happened. Uh, but then, you know, you start to learn, you go to get yourself around other people. You listen to podcasts. Of course, back then we didn't have any, um, sure. we didn't really have quote the internet, right. Aren't, don't I sound really like old right now? <laughs> Wait, that uh, was no, a thing. There was right. There was no Facebook. When I started, there was no YouTube. There was no go Google this. Yeah. Oh, none of that. It was like, hit the bricks, go figure it out. And then you had your sales meetings and you would like call people or shadow people, dude, how do you do this? And if the person was willing to share, that's how you learned. But you also just like got after it in a big way and, you know, created a ruckus, and figured it out, which eventually I did. And then second year, I think I went to like 37 million and then 50 million. And then, you know, just kept going. And I was in Southern California. Um, and I know people always throw rocks at that, but you know, my average loan amount was 350. So do the math. Hey. Yeah. Well, Hey, it's, 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 uh, it also costs a lot more money to live here. So people always, yeah. people right. always want to do that. But Hey, I knew a guy that, that closed three loans a month was closing two 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 and a half million a month. His average loan size was 750, 800,000. You know, and he's out down here in Southern California. It's like, well, look, close I, 10 loans a month. Think, so like people can easily discard that, right? And just, oh, well, yeah, you're in SoCal. So, you know, your loans are here. Look, the the effort, the skill, the talent, the hustle, whatever it takes to get a loan, whether it's 700 or 200, it's, it's the same. You know right. what I mean? It's not like people trust you more if the loan amount is smaller, right? You still got to go through the same process. And arguably, I would say, like, I know for me, I don't know about you, but I remember the lo- few loans I did were like 1 million, 1.2 million. Those were actually harder in a lot of different yeah. ways, you know? So yeah. listen, you people, don't be... For me, it's not about volume anyways. It's, it's really about units, right? That's right. to me is the right. benchmark. Because to shoot your point, I, we all know LOs who are doing three, four, five, five loans a month and they think they're, you know, king shit, whatever. And right. you know, <laughs> doing this volume. And I'm like, that dude, try doing 20 a month. All right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and like we've had, you know, guys like Michael Mann on it before, where, you know, he's doing 190 million as a team, but in, a, in an area that's like averaging, you know, $200,000 loan amounts. Right. So right. like 100 and whatever, 192 million in, in Cal- that, that amount of units in California would probably be two to three X the, the, the actual, you know, sales volume. Right. So you can't always compare that. Um, and also again, cost of living, but let's, let's talk a little bit about like, so, so clearly you didn't have any training. So I, I kind of presume that you, you saw this opportunity or gap in the market to be a sales trainer, or, you know, to, to kind of do that. So tell a little about, about that. And then we can kind of get into some of the, the, like I said, the tactical strategy things that loan officers can apply uh, to, to go out and get more business. Right. Cause that's ultimately why we're here. Well, I've always had a, a heart, I guess, for teaching, if you will. Um, and, and that's why I was attracted to personal development. And uh, cause I do believe, like you said earlier, I think mindset is the first place that people need to look at if you're looking to um, accomplish something in your life, whether it's do more units, whether it's have a better relationship, you want to be in better health, lose weight. It all starts with mindset. Um, and so I have a natural attraction to that. And then after I was in, you know, originating for a period of time, um, I started to 
go back to my roots, if you will. Like I knew I always wanted to have a platform, if you will. Right. But by platform, what I mean is I always knew at some point I wanted to pour back into people. And because I think I have certain innate abilities, but also a lot that I've worked on and honed over the years too, to help people navigate through the crap that they might be dealing with or get clarity. I'm just really good at taking complex um, concepts and simplifying them and, and distilling them in a way that help people apply those and then take action on them. And so um, when the sales training thing came around, it's because I had already been doing stuff in the industry. I had already written a book previously before the first book, and that was um, Instant Referrals for Mortgage Professionals. That was, that's probably eight, 10 years ago. Um, so oh, I was wow. already creating a name and a platform. And then I had, of course, a, a lot of people I knew built relationships in the industry. I was working with Dave Savage at Mortgage Coach at the time. Love it. And um, so I got on the radar and then a friend of mine called me and said, Hey man, we're looking, one of the things I did a lot and it, to, to get agent referrals is I taught a lot of agent classes. Okay. And so, um, you know, I'd go into the market and I would teach them something, a concept. And, and nowadays it's of course, digital marketing and things like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, so I, I build, I built a reputation for that and an awareness. And then this person called me and he's like, Hey man, we're looking to um, create a division in this company that will help loan officers succeed with real estate agents. And in this case, the agent classes, and then it involved in other things as well. But anyway, that's how I got on the, the roadmap of sales trainer. Love that. Uh, so just to, just to hit on a little uh, hot topic mm-hmm. here, what do you think about the, the people that love to say those who, those who can't teach? What, 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 is your, what is your thought there, right? Like, and, and I, again, go, go ahead. <laughs> I would, ask teacher, that, I would ask them, has any teacher ever impacted your life? Has anybody ever taught you anything? Have you learned everything exclusively on your own? Do you never learn from somebody else? Do you not have a coach? Right? I think that's bullshit is what I think it is. I think I it's an, I, And I think that's a mindset issue. And I think that's a cynical, narrow-minded you know, viewpoint of somebody who's trying to add value into the world to say that. Um, you know, was Pat Riley a great basketball player? Um, was Lou Holtz a great football player? Was Bill Belichick a great football player? That's my answer. Yeah. Well, and 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 there's there's plenty of people that have produced tons and tons and tons that go and be a coach just because. I mean, I think it, at some point it doesn't. It's not so much about money. It's you know, I think when you get started in business, it, it does start a lot of times with money. I mean, the truth is, to be an entrepreneur, to be someone like a loan officer, real estate agent, like. You have to be a little bit crazy, right? You have to be a little bit crazy, which means you're probably very money motivated to a certain extent, right? But there's there's a certain threshold where like that doesn't really matter as much, and you want to just give back. And I don't know that everybody's like that, but it's weird because no, like, everybody's there's so not like that. that. Yeah, everybody's not like that. And, right. and you touched on it a moment ago. It's at some point, like when you've made enough money, or money becomes less fulfilling or less of a need or an issue, then you want to get fulfillment somewhere else, and that right. fulfillment could be from teaching coaching that fulfillment could be from volunteering, but I just, I've heard that many, many times. And I just think some people shouldn't try and go that route. Here's that some people try and become coaches because they're looking for the easy buck. Right. That's what's what's given that a bad rap, you know? Yeah, I I agree. And we see the same thing in in marketing. I mean, you know, there's the people that never grew the agency, but you know, but started selling an agency course on how to scale to a million dollars. Like, did you, you never even got past 10k a month, bro. Like, how are you t- teaching someone to? But at the same time, some of them are actually better at teaching than they were at running an agency, right? Like, so yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be like. And I, I feel like I sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm pooping on some of those guys too, just because I'm like, man, if you didn't do it, why should you be teaching? But at the same time, like, 
pay. But, but, and the other, maybe you need to look under the hood too. Are they actually yeah, yeah. value and quality? You know, some are, some aren't. I get why yep. people say that, but you know, Hey, my, my thing is like, look deeper. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree. And I, th- I think it's the same concept as people like, Oh, you can find everything for free on YouTube. It's like, well, yeah, you can, but then there's the opportunity cost of like, what is the right information? And you got to sift through countless false information. Like there, there's a benefit in my opinion to paying, you know, to, to get the information uh, in a concise yeah. way, like with someone like you who can break down a complex, a complex thing and turn it into a simple process, step-by-step process. I think what happens is most people overcomplicate it. So talk a little bit about what you do. I mean, so it sounds like, you know, what, what you're doing. I mean, again, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. So let me just ask you, what are you kind of doing? What's some of the strategies that you sort of implement or you train loan officers on to, to go out and get more business? Yeah, that's a good question. And of course, the answer varies a little bit based on the individual, <laughs> sure. how long in the business, et cetera, what their preferences or skill sets are. You know, I mentioned Asian classes. Not everybody should teach Asian classes. Not everybody could or wants to, and that's fine. It's just one pillar, one way right. to, to to fish, right, for business and to drop lines in the water. Um so if I do work with a loan officer and like, I don't do coaching per se, like, I don't like, you know, be like, Hey, I'm a coach, hire me. Right. I, right, I, I, have, right, a plat- right. I have a platform that, and, and let me explain it this way. Cause this, this goes back to what you and I talked about before hitting record. Um, and I know part of what Paragon does is, is, you know, help loan officers um, not have to rely on agents, which I think is fine. Um, but I also like to look at things from a broader spectrum, if you will, a wider lens in that, if you look at the data, 90% of the people today still use a real estate agent to buy a house. 100%. And as a matter of fact, I just, uh, I don't know where it is over here. I just looked at a report the other day that talked about, uh, matter of fact, but I think your listeners are going to like this uh, because uh, I was looking at this study by Thousand Watt Consulting and they surveyed uh, people who had bought a house recently. And um, one of the question was, um, when you last bought a home, did you choose your mortgage provider before you began working with a real estate agent? 64% said yes. 34% said no. I began working with a real estate agent before I chose a lender. But here's where this gets interesting. So first of all, that's to your point about digital marketing and getting in front of the consumer first, have to do that nowadays, right? 100%. Yep. Got to do that. Um, however, this is this is why I play devil's advocate with the whole let's let's forget the agents and go consumer direct. A lot of reasons I can answer for that right now, but more importantly is um, when it gets into the agents making recommendations, um, sure. the agent 50% of the time volunteers recommendations of mortgage escrow title, all that stuff. Half the time, so half the other time, the buyer's asking for recommendations. And here's the, this is the most important piece of the data. Did you use the mortgage title homeowners insurance provider your agent recommended? 52% said, yes, I used all of them. 44% said, yes, I used some, but not all. So why do I still, why am I still an advocate for the real estate agent? Right there. Oh, I, I, I 100% agree. I, I actually 100% agree. I, I think the the point of a direct consumer uh, program like this is is more more so leverage because I I'll agree referrals are the best source of business you can get right like but what if you can go and pick and choose the realtors that you want to work with versus having to beg and choose you know beg and steal for to, to ask for it right so how can you how can you gain leverage I agree I think the the direct the consumer is a better tool to to just get in front of more real estate yeah. agents. And, and things like that, right? And and, be, and bring bring back value to them, right? I think there's other ways to bring back value. And and to your point, like you said, not everybody should be teaching classes. 
I mean, as you mentioned before, you did, you did internet leads at the beginning and you hated them too, right? Not everybody should be internet lead people either. Like if right. you're willing to grind it out and call five, 10, 15 times per lead, that's going to be for you. You're going to do well. I mean, we have, we have clients that built the $42 million uh, business in less than two years straight yeah. from leads. Um, we're we're, we're, we're saying the same thing. It's not hundred yeah, percent. I, I agree. I think it is. Yep. I agree. It's, it's yeah. all, it's all. And it's what works for you too, right? Like, I mean, uh, I'm the, I'm the type of marketer that's not going to say Facebook, you need leads, you need that. Like you can cold call, you can door knock, you can re- get referrals. However you get business, go get business. Just, just, just get business, right? Like get, get a know, couple of different avenues. And, and the other reason like, like with, with why real estate agents, and this is particularly for newer people when they want to, they're looking to scale and get business more quickly. You know, this very well is yep. it's a shorter path getting the realtor referral than it is consumer direct in most cases, meaning the conversion 100%. pipeline on that is shorter. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, I, I well, actually digital market. I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. I usually recommend people within two years, not do any digital marketing, to be honest, because there's, yeah, it is. You, you want to have a sustainable business before you get into it. Plus you have to be good at, you want to be a good loan officer before you start diving into the fact that you like, you have to be a good loan officer and you have to be like a super salesperson because that'll right. ultimately what it is. You have to follow up. You have to have a good sales process. So yeah, there's a lot of variables there. So I do agree. I mean, I think brand new people really should be hitting, you know, really just grinding it, man. It sucks. It sucks because you want to hear something better than that. But I mean, there was a guy, uh, a new guy that um, a friend of mine who hit me up. He's like, man, I know you work with loan officers. He was asking all kinds of questions. I'm like, you're going to be fine. Like, don't buy leads. Just go network. He did $42 million in his first year. Really? Just referrals. He's just a total savage. I said, but I knew he was. I knew he was a, he's a networker. He's a very good, and he came out of the call, out of the call, um, sorry, out of the car, car world. So he was used to, you know, networking and things like that. But it was just interesting because like people get so scared of like, what do I do to go get? And, and you're right. I mean, internet leads probably aren't the best thing to do uh, if you want to close a bunch of loans in the next three months, right? Referrals are going to uh, work for you. So, so tell us a little bit about kind of like what, like when someone is doing a class, are we doing classes on something specific? Are we doing like, what, what are we doing there? And how are we driving real estate agents to go to these classes? Yeah, great question. Um, so I don't um, personally myself, I don't currently anyways provide like this typical CE classes and things like that. Oh, nice. For a variety of reasons. Um, number one, it's different in each state in terms of the requirements. Number two, I find that more often than not, I don't want to know, this sounds like a generality, it kind of is, but more often than not, um, agents are only attending that class because they need the CE credits. Because um, the CE, okay. Yeah. And so they're showing up because I need my three clock hours or whatever. And so I'm going to show up for this class on what contracts or whatever it is. Um, but sometimes people do get some decent classes approved for CE. So what I do is I um, like to present topics that agents are hungry for, right? And those sure. fall in the line of what we're talking about, marketing. So I will have, I have about 12 or 15 just go-to classes. And this could be video marketing for real estate, getting started with YouTube. This is Facebook um, marketing, custom audiences. Uh, the latest one is social media trends for 2022. We've got how to optimize your Google business profile. You know, I mean, all these things that they need to have set as a foundation that they're, they need help with. And could yep. they go to YouTube? Sure. But like you said over, earlier, YouTube is, you know, it's all over the place. It's a mess. It's outdated. It's like not relevant for me as an agent. So right. you know, we spend a lot of time creating that custom content um, for LOs to go out and teach that stuff. And then to your, uh, how do, how do we get butts and seats? This is where marketing comes in, right? Which is all the channels, social, uh, title, escrow, home warranty, um, social selling, Instagram. Um, you know, obviously if you have an email list and doing marketing and things like that, teaming up with title and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Love it's it. really the shock and awe strategy. 
Love it. Love it. Cool. So yeah, just do, do everything, call people. You know, I mean, I yeah. think that's probably the easiest way to get people to come is pick up the phone and call people no matter what, well, I know. think whatever you're doing, <laughs> pick up the phone. Yeah. And I think you I heard you mention this uh, where you're like, Oh, calling agents on Mondays or whatever. And most people, you know, uh, Hey, how was your weekend? Got any deals for like that? Well, now with a class, what LOs tell me is now they have a good reason to call an agent and right. invite them, you know, right. of you, right. Well, hey, we're class. Yeah. And that's the value, right? That's, that's why I talk about, you know, even being able to leverage leads, calling someone and saying, Hey, I got, you know, I'm, I'm generating pre-approvals. Would you like to be part of that group? You know, something, right. Something that's different than your job description. And I think too many times people call and basically recite their job description. Hey, I, I have good rates. I answer my phone and you know, we don't have overlays, whatever, right? Like all the standard things that, that most people are saying every time. And like, you know, <laughs> what is your, what is your USP, right? What, what, how do you stand out from other people? Um, and, and yeah, you can build relationships without having to have a USP, right? But I think it does yeah. definitely take time. <laughs> I, lo- I love, uh, I love that. Yeah. We don't have any overlays. Uh, are, are you guys, are you an airline? Oh, overlay. Sorry. I thought uh, layovers. My bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Seriously. How many realtors like really know what an overlay is? Well, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody knows what that is because, because, because one person is going to call it an overlay. The next person is going to say, this is our interpretation of the rule. <laughs> right. right. Hey, that's, I mean, yeah. when you talk to a compliance person, like one loan officer say, man, you got an overlay for this. I, I know this because I, you know, when I was an AE, I'd get that all the time. Right. They'd be like, that's an overlay. And it's like, no, that's just the interpretation of that rule. Um, you can call it an overlay, I guess, but uh, it's technically what they just interpreted it as. Um, well, but, and also but yeah. like you leading with like your products overlay, Hey, we've got great underwriting. I mean, that's all. I understand why you think it's relevant to an agent, but it's not relevant until a, they trust you. And first of all, they don't trust you because they don't probably don't know you in, in most right. cases. So right now you've already got a wall put up. And then what you're sounding like is this is all about me. Let me tell you about our company, our rates, our overlay, our timeline, our process. It's like, Really? What does this have to do with me? Oh, well, yeah, give us a shot. Yeah. Dude, they've got enough lenders in their back pocket to go to. You know what I mean? So that's why we do you know, lead with education uh, because it's a different mousetrap, right? And that gets them at least open to a discussion, which is all we want. It's a conversation. And then it just leads, goes from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think, I think too often uh, p- people just forget, right. They forget to listen on a call and, and ultimately sales at the end of the day is just listening um, and, and, you know, and, and solving the problem that they've communicated to you. Right. And uh, I, I mentioned this all the time because it's, it's kind of like blowing my mind, but there's um, a, a sales trainer that, that I work with that he always talks about is usually salespeople go through a slump about six, seven, eight months in, um, is because like when they first start, they're super curious. They ask a lot of questions, but then they start to get to know the audience. They could start to get to know their clients so much that they start making assumptions and yeah. they don't allow the, the prospect to say the, say the things. Right. And so they don't feel heard, which means they don't turn into a sale. Right. So they're saying the same things they're, they're they know what their problem is, but they're not allowing them to state it back to them. So same thing with right. real estate agents, right? Like if you're like, Oh, my turn times are this and blah, blah, blah. it's like, well, all I need, all I want to know is that I, you're going to close on time. You know, I don't, I don't need your 10 day close guarantee type of crazy stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but the next person might want that. So you got to, you know, gear your pitch to what they're talking about. Well, the problem about. is, the problem is they've heard those same pitches for too long now about the 10 day close and we, we, you know, great service, great rates. And, um, you know, it's like the same playbook and no wonder people tune it out, you know? 
Yeah, it's the, the boy who the, the boy who cried wolf. I mean, it's it's even the same thing with you know recruiters and branch managers saying you know oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do that for you we're gonna cover this and then you go work for them and you know it's it's all just lip service right and, and not actual truth. Um, so you know when you you got to stand out from the sea of everybody else. So so tell us a little bit about that, right? Like I mean, your sales trainer. How do you how do you sort of uh, help loan officers get better at sales? Or is that something you do? Maybe I'm asking a question that's you know I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I do. And, and I'm always a guy of like, like I said, it'll sound like, even though I said this a few moments ago, where it's just, it depends on the person, right? It depends sure. on their situation and all that. But in general, we can all get better at what we say, dialoguing, right? We can all get better at, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word scripting because people have emotional attachments to the word scripting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People get so fat when I'm like, yeah, you, you need a script. If you don't have a script, they all freak out. I'm like, like, no, you need a framework. Well, I mean, that's what I mean by scripts is like, you don't say yeah. a word for it, but. Well, all, all we're talking about is like, if you should know exactly what to say before you need to say it, right? Because the worst time to figure out what to say is when you need to say it because you right. can't process it fast enough and then you fumble up and all that. So what I'm getting at is one of the areas I help LOs is, is architecting their um, consumer experience, right? The whole customer journey from the first point of contact, whether that's online or on the phone, you better have that architected and you better not be winging it, right? Because they're judging you, right? And and what you say makes a difference. The words you say, how you use it, how you say it makes a difference. And so that's the first place to start. What's that first point of engagement? We know what's the first thing most people ask uh, a loan officer when they get on the phone. What's your rate? What's the rate? Yeah. What's the rate? Well, what you say next is very important. Whether you answer the question and say, oh, well, today's rates are, right? I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. And so that to me is a big area that I like to focus on as well as customer journey. Um, and then it's, of course, how do you show up online and social? You know, I'm working. So so I have this new concept. I'll, I'll share it with you right here. It's the sure. hybrid loan officer. The hybrid loan officer is a loan officer who succeeds both in a traditional method of relationships, partners, referrals, past database clients, all that kind of stuff, but also who is building their digital presence online and is able to also garner business in the, from their online presence, their social media profiles typically, and how they Love engage. It. So I think that it's that's the best of both worlds and that's how you're going to survive and thrive. That's what the book's all about, all that. Um, and so I really cover both grounds. Man, I love that. And I think that's a good concept, the, the, the journey, right? I think too many people forget about the client journey and what that experience looks like. Um, and they also forget that the consumer doesn't know what's going on, right? They don't understand. So like I, I refinanced uh, my home at the beginning of last year. Um, and I was working with obviously someone I knew because I know a lot of loan officers. So, but I was like kind of giving them feedback. I'm like, yeah, like I know, like, it's like, I know what you guys are dealing with right now. I know you're dealing with crazy turn times because it's crazy volume and all that stuff. Like, but I'm an insider and yet I'm still wondering what the hell's going on. So like, think about like what the average consumer thinks about when like, you haven't checked in for a week. You haven't said yeah. anything for a week or two weeks, like what's happening. I, I you just got to tell me what's happening. Um, and I've right. a really good book that I love. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but never lose a customer again um, is, is a, is a brilliant book it's for any business, right? It doesn't not applies to, it doesn't apply to loans. It's just any business. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the evolution Google or whatever his name is. Uh, what is it? Is any owner own the auto auto dealership? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I don't know what, yeah, yeah. it's just, a, it's, it was a good, basically the, the book is about, the, the sort of the the transition from like in the in the 60s 70s like you were pumped when something showed up not broken and then yeah. Amazon rolled out and then not, now our expectations are you know two day shipping and things like that so like the evolution is like customer service was good enough 
in you know 80s 90s whatever now you have to be proactive so it's customer it's like it's it's not service but it's like being proactive in everything you do right so it's customer experience more so than customer service and, and, and oh, yeah. when it comes to internet leads especially right like at every piece every point in their journey they're looking for reasons not to buy right so if you don't have the whole process mapped out like yeah you might get the application but maybe you won't get docs back if you'll get docs back but then they'll you know get cold and not want to you know, put an offer in. So there's like so many pieces in the journey that, that apply. And I'm sure what you do with one, helping them create a good journey, but also creating a profile where someone can go look them up on Facebook. Oh, this is a loan officer. They're a family, they're whatever. Like, right. I'm sure that increases trust tremendously. Right. I mean, I'm assuming. Well, everybody knows the answer to when you get a referral, let's say, from whoever, a realtor friend, you know, Uncle Bob, you know, hey, call Luke. He's the best loan officer in San Diego, blah, blah, blah. The first thing they're going to do before they call you is likely, yeah, I know so-and-so. I trust them, but let me check this Luke guy out. Let me see what mm-hmm. he's all about. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? They're going to Google you, right? Or they're going to go to social and try and find you. The question is, what do they find? So your digital, it's first impression is what it is here today, which is why every loan officer needs to have a Google business profile and have it optimized with reviews because that mm-hmm. is a critical part in the customer journey, first impression. When they go to Google and type in, right? Luke Shankula, ABC Mortgage, I want to see what Luke's all about. Cause if he's doing keg stands or he was recently arrested or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, you never know. know. <laughs> you never know. They're going to check you out. That's what people do today. So uh, I, I agree. I think that's, that's a brilliant, uh, a brilliant play. So just to kind of wrap things up here real quick, uh, what, what would you say is kind of like the, the, the most important thing or, or one, one important thing that loan offs can do today to go out and go get more business? Um, show up differently have something meaningful, useful to say for the, for the person that you want to capture their attention. Um, I always like to say this is you've got to get clear on who do you want to serve and what problems do you want to help them with? And that isn't an easy, oh, I want to you know. No, I want you to think about it. I want you to marinate on that for a while. It's like, who do you, I'll give you an example. I've got a friend of mine, Kyle Seagraves. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's got a big YouTube channel, uh, 85,000 subscribers. Wow. And uh, his, who he serves is now get hang with me here who he serves is first time home buyers who are currently renting and think they can't qualify and you know being in the business when you think about oh that's pretty specific yeah. it's not just first time home buyers yeah everybody's got no they're currently renting and they think they can't qualify so think about how you would address that person differently, right? It narrows the field a little bit because now you're dealing with their specific challenges of like, I know you're renting and I know it sucks and you're probably seeing your rent go up and all that. And then mm-hmm, of course, like, mm-hmm. you know, and you think you can't qualify on and on and on. So he's built this huge audience on YouTube where he's just sharing information uh, about all the things that go into being a first time home buyer renter and you think you can't qualify. And he's built an amazing business by doing that. Uh, I, I can imagine. I mean, because I feel like that is probably one of the most underserved communities uh, is that first time home buyer. Because I mean, let's just just be honest. Most loan officers just want laydowns. They want the twenty percent down. You know, people that are going to be able to buy that they don't have to struggle with. Like you know, most people. I'm not saying everybody does, um, but so like if you serve a, a demographic like this, go ahead. I was going to say this. Is I often think to myself, um, like if I was going to start over and start as an originator today. Um, I would pick a very specific niche and I would try and differentiate myself because I was everything I would do, my branding, my content, everything would be specifically on a very narrow niche. And by narrow, here's some examples. It could be VA. 
It could be divorce niche. It could be um, investor. It could be, you know, somebody who's moving from a different area to, to my area. You know, there's, there's a hundred different quote niches out there. Um, right. And of course the old cliche riches are niches, but most people think that, Oh, if I'm going to just like focus everything on this one niche, this one sub segment that no one's going to pick me for the other business. And I'm here to tell you, yes, they will, because you got to be known for something or else you're known for nothing. Like, right. If you think everyone's your customer, then you don't stand out at all. You're, you're the same as lame, you know? Well, I, but I, th- I thought you could be an expert at VA and FHA and conventional and second homes and no. You're oh, jack of all trades and master of none. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's funny because, yeah, people, people say that all the time. I think there's also that fear that you, that you mentioned that holds people back, even for myself. I mean, I, I was mentioning it off, off, uh, offline that uh, prior to you know, going all in on just working with loan officers. We work with a bunch of different niches, loan officers, real estate agents, you know, insurance, like all kinds of different people. And like the problem with that is you can't serve them at the highest level, right? Because you, you don't know their problems at the, at the most intimate level until you know their problems at the most intimate level. You're like, okay, well, what problems can I solve? And so the, the better you can understand the demographic that you're serving, the better you can serve them, right. <laughs> which means, 100%. you know, it, so it just makes sense. And what was funny is that like, I put my foot in the ground and like the next month we doubled in size. Right. So it was just, it was just funny how, like, I was like, so resistant to it. And like, as soon as I like went all in, I was like, I'm only alone. It's like the next, the next month just blew up. And it was just like, Oh, well then, you know, that my, all the fears is dumb. Because again, like now I can say, and this is something we can say, we only work with loan officers. We only work with loan officers. We're deeply with loan officers. Like, and so that just positions us in a way it's like, okay, well, they only work with loan officers. Marketers that only work with loan officers, they understand. Um, so it's the same same concept, right? Like you see a lot of these guys that are VA guys, but they can still do other loans. They right? do. Yeah, and they do. I mean, by the way, that's a choice. Uh, you can choose to outsource that, to, to, you know, delegate it, refer it out or do it. But the point is, is, the bigger point is this, is like, it's so hard to show up and get attention in today's world. And, and I think you know, you've discovered a passion when you get clear on who you're serving. Like me with loan officers, it's clearly a passion thing. You know what I mean? I could go be serving chiropractors or attorneys, but right. I don't have any affinity for that, you know, because I, I don't know what their struggles and challenges are. I haven't lived it, but I have lived this. And so that's why it's it for me. And sometimes it's about you figuring out where's your affinity audience? Where do you want to build an audience with whom and why? And it can't be, by the way, be just because you're going to get a loan. You know, right. it's got to be truly wanting to help them solve a problem. Right, right. Well, I mean, even like a lot of these the people, are, I'm the VA guy, but, you know, they just uh-huh. you know that that's, right. they're going to get paid more money on that. Well, it depends on where they're at. But, you know, a lot of the retail retail shops are looking for the, the govies, right, to, to, to get them a couple extra points on per deal, right, versus conventional. So, yeah, I know, I know. It, you want it to be where you actually want to serve them. And it's not just, uh, you know, the, where the money's at. I mean, I, you can still make a business that way. I'm, I'm not saying you can't make a business that way, but you know, obviously yeah. serving from a pure sure. intention is, 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 is the better way to go. Um, so you raise a good point there. You can still make a business that way. And here's the thing. If we talked about earlier, the guy in Newport beach, California, that's doing four loans a month and he's doing 4 million a month, you know? Okay. Is he happy? Great. If he's right. happy, that's cool. But I'm talking about being fulfilled. Right, because this, right. this can be a job where you do sales and you have transactions and you make money and commissions. And if that's where you're at, cool, no judgment. I just want right. more from what I do. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, and, and and to be to be fair, I mean, loan officers do something that's pretty incredible, right? Like you you help people make the biggest purchase in their entire life, which which can then lead to 
wealth, right? I mean, I think I think uh, people that own homes are like 400% wealthier than people yeah. that don't own something like that. Um, so, I mean, you're you're changing people's lives at the end of the day. Like, that's really what you're doing. Um, if, yeah. you, if you, and I think if you can tie your why to something like that, it allows you to go through those. I mean, because sometimes you're going to have to be grinding and you're not going to want to do it. Like, I mean, just what I do. Some days I'm like, man, I don't even want to run this anymore. It's, it's hard. People complain about the lead suck. Like, this just sucks. Like, I'll just go do something that's easier. But, you know, when, no one ever said it was going to be easy, right? Where's those Glengarry leads, man? Come on. Right. Yeah. Where's those? Where's those? I mean, put the coffee down, you know? Um, so, so tell me, uh, Jeff, where is somewhere that uh, if loan officers want to come reach out to you, if you want to reach out to you or kind of check out some of your stuff, where can they find you online? I'm sure you probably have a great profile because, uh, because that's what you teach people to do. So, well, you know, it's all a work in progress. Uh, there's definitely something <laughs> I could be better at. Um, sure. But I think the first place to go is, you know, if you if you're into podcasts, I assume you are because you're listening to this one, which again sure. is awesome. You can go to mortgagemarketingradio.com and that's or look it up on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Mortgage Marketing Radio is the podcast. And if you do want to check out the book, it's getdisruptordie.com. The book's actually for free. You just got to pay for shipping. Oh, you can check out those two things, man. Wow. Love it. Love it. So we'll make sure to link those in the show notes. So if you are looking to, to check that out, check the show notes, you can go ahead and go straight to the link. Check Jeff out. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, and you had how many, how many episodes? I think you said over 200 or something like that. Yeah. Over 200 now. And you're, you're, you're an old soul in the, uh, in the uh, podcasting world. There's, there's not a ton of people that last this long. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's been one of the biggest yeah. things for me. It's the consistency. So to, to be able to do it for six years, I mean, it's it's a testament to to your dedication. So I love that. Um, and, and for people that are listening, uh, I think that my biggest takeaway from today is show up differently, show up in a different way that can, can stand out from what everybody else is doing, right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with cold calling uh, realtors on Mondays. Yeah, it sucks. It, it gets you business but try to stand out, figure out a way, an angle, a class, leads, pre-approvals, something that can stand out from what everybody else is doing. Um, And I think you're going to go a long way, right? So thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans On Demand podcast.